Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through Wisdom's Eye Ministry of the Holy Spirit podcast. My name is Mbalentle Kilani, and today I am coming in fresh with the first episode of the segment of the podcast titled The Present Dealings of the Lord. This is a specific segment that the Holy Spirit instructed me to include as part of the podcast that highlights the ministry of the Holy Spirit in its twofold. One fold is through wisdom and the revelation of God hidden in our experiences. How many know that the book of Proverbs says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to seek it out. So one aspect of the ministry of the Holy Spirit segment of the podcast is to seek out the glory of God, to seek out the glorious image of God hidden in our experiences. The second fold of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus declares in John chapter 16 from verse 13, that he will guide you and lead you into all truth he will declare to you things that are to come he will declare to you what is mine so we understand that the ministry of the holy spirit carries those functions functions which we are to experience and embrace and allow to form part of our lives to perfect what the lord is fulfilling in us so that is what the segment of the present dealing the present declarations of the lord will entail the latter which is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in fulfilling John 16, declaring things that are to come, declaring the present work of God, revealing the time in the calendar of God and instructing us carefully on how we are to proceed in alignment to what God is doing. Amen. So today we are going to be talking about obedience, the work of faith. How many can say boldly without shame that the perception that I have had about obedience has been a chore. The perception I have of obedience, it is something I must thumbsack. It's a gap I must fill up. I must master a courage for. Well, if you are one of those, welcome to the party. To walk with the Lord in, involves a lot of self-reflection and confrontation of perceptions that are incorrect, assumptions that are incorrect at the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because Christ says it, that he will lead you in truth. So if, if he does not come with the truth, then we are standing and living lies. But we bless the Lord for the presence of the Holy Spirit and his ministry. We are going to look at obedience, the work of faith, the product of faith, the primary work, the primary fruit of faith. Listening to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I was reading the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. And we are going to read verse 1 to verse 2. And we are going to later read verse 13 of the same chapter. But carry on with me. Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 1 reads, the title is Israel must obey God. Moses said, Israel, listen to these laws and teachings. If you obey them, you will live and you will go into, you will go in and take the land that the Lord is giving you. He is the God your ancestors worshipped. And now he is your God. Permit me to pause right there. The ministry of the Holy Spirit was emphatic on this. That recognize that God belongs to every generation. Recognize that God belongs to every generation. The psalmist in Psalm 90 verse 1 says, He says, our Lord, you have been our home for all generations. In all generations. You have been our home. So we understand that there is evidence that God belongs to every generation. And in his sense of belonging to every generation, we cannot deny that that generation remains a nation in the people of God. We find that throughout the Old Testament, there has been this theme of I will be your God and you will be my people. So God is so sold out to the idea of belonging to every generation, of his faithfulness being beheld and experienced by every generation because we understand through this particular portion of scripture and verses we have read that God belongs to every generation. He is so legacy oriented that he does not desire to be discontinued when one generation is phased out, when the time of one generation comes to an end. Moses says, this God that has given you these laws, that has prepared this land for you, and that is leading you into it through the instruction of his word, is not just a God that just recently popped up, that has recently popped out of nowhere. 
He is the God your ancestors worshipped. So there is a connectedness that you have to this God. And he today desires to be your God. And he does not desire to stay in one generation. He continues. How many know that scripture even says it about Christ, that he inherited a name that is mightier than any other name, not only in this present age, but in ages to come. So we understand that this is an intergenerational God that we are talking about. And in God belonging to every generation, do you realize that in the book of Joshua 3, this is now a new generation with a new leader, that is Moses. But God is emphatic on this, that as I was with Moses, I am with you. To show that I have not stopped being the God who was trusted by your forefather. I am still the God who is in the business of fulfilling the promise that I made to your forefathers. So he says to Joshua that when the people see the ark, they must move. Yes, in the era, in the generation of Moses, I led you by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. But now I am leading you with the ark that resembles my presence. So we understand that point one, God belongs to every generation. And in him belonging to every generation, point two is that every generation has a sign of God's leadership. Every generation has a sign of God's leadership. And it's the responsibility of every generation to be aware and recognize the sign that resembles the leadership of God and be obedient to its instruction. We as this generation bear the responsibility to be obedient to the sign of God's leadership in our generation, in the recognition and resting in the truth that God belongs to this generation that Christ is still relevant in this generation as well, that his name is still mighty in this generation. So as I was listening to the ministry of the Holy Spirit concerning this principle, this truth, this revelation, that faith works obedience in us, that the first product of faith in us is obedience, and that God belongs to every generation, and that God has a sign, Every generation is allocated a sign of God's leadership. And that generation bears the responsibility to recognize the sign and be obedient to it. As I was thinking about this and listening to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Abraham came to mind. Because remember, we are saying obedience, the work of faith. So we understand that obedience is connected to faith, that the root of obedience is faith. The source, the root source of obedience is faith. I thought of Abraham. We are connected to the lineage of descendants of Abraham. We are connected to Abraham as the father of faith. And the Bible lets us know that in Genesis 12, God spoke to Abraham before his name was changed. And God gave him an instruction. God spoke, Abraham obeyed. And if we are to embrace being descendants of Abraham by virtue of faith, we ought to embrace the reality that the faith we possess produces obedience out of us. We ought to embrace that. And we must recognize that the obedience that God requires from every generation is merely but a, a criteria for selection. That God elects those that obey. He elects obedience. And if you do not possess obedience, Christ models it out beautifully that you are to learn obedience. For the book of Hebrews 5 teach us that Christ being the son of God had to learn obedience. So we understand that should your faith not be conscious of its ability to produce um, obedience out of you, then you are to take upon the mindset to learn obedience. So looking at Papa Abraham and how he being our father of faith, modeled out the caliber of faith that produced obedience. It was emphasized by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my, in my hearing that faith works obedience. We often quote the scripture that says faith without works is dead. But have you ever asked the question of what works are those? What works are signs of vitality of my faith? What works are evidence of the living nature of my faith? What works qualify as evidence that the spirit of faith indeed has been born in me? But the ministry of the Holy Spirit outlines it, saying obedience. Because Moses in Deuteronomy 4, 13 says this, 
saying to you. Let me read it. He says, the Lord, he says, at Mount Sinai was surrounded by a dark cloud. Fire went up to the sky. You know, um, you came to the foot of the mountain and the Lord spoke to you from the fire. You could hear him and understand what he was saying, but you couldn't see him. The Lord said he was making an agreement with you. And he told you that your part of the agreement is obedience. So Moses outlines it for the people of God, for the nation of Israel, lest they are unclear about what exactly is God trying to say, what exactly is Mbalintle trying to say. Well, the minister of the Holy Spirit is trying to say, it is saying that in the present dealing of the Lord, there is an awakening of a faith that works obedience. Because Moses says to the children of Israel that God was making a covenant with you. And in this covenant, as part of this covenant, your potential to fulfill is to obey the commandments. It's nothing else. You don't need to fill in the gaps. You need to take the word of God, recognize what is your potential to do. If it is to walk in it, if it is to walk it out, look at Abraham. The Bible says God said to Abraham, the minute Abraham obeyed, this is now Genesis 12, the minute Abraham obeyed, you know, left the country of his birth, his family, and then took his wife and took his nephew with him to the land God showed him. The Bible says God said to him, I'm giving you this land, although occupied by Canaanites now, but it is yours and your descendants. And God continued to make promises to Abraham as the response to Abraham's obedience to God's first word, which was to take the things and go to the place I will show you. Now God says to Abraham, this is your land. Walk around it. Take a walk. Walk around it. Why? Because in order for us, because the path to possession and in, in the fulfillment, the experience of the fulfillment of the word of God is walked in obedience. Many people, when they speak, often say, those that walk by faith. God also says it in some, that those that live by faith are pleasing to me. And faith produces the obedience that pleases God. It's not enough to believe the word of God. You must believe and obey. Because it is, the, it is faith in the word of God and obedience to it that had Abraham counted to his righteous. It, it is that ability in Abraham's faith to produce obedience out of him that was counted to him as righteousness. So we have to understand that even in the genealogy of faith as revealed by the book of Hebrews 11, it is merely revealing the power at work being obedience. That all those forefathers and heroines of faith, it was not enough for them to believe the word of God. They took it a step further and recognized that faith in the word of God produces obedience. And it is obedience that pleases God. It is obedience that unlocks the promises of God. Because the more Abraham walked in obedience to the word of God, the more God released promises. And I stand as witness number two to Father Abraham on this. And this is that. This is 2020. Remember, we are a podcast of reflection and revelation. And so this is my journal in 2020, right? It's it's the 28th of January, 2020. It's day two of prayer week at church. And I went to prayer in the morning. I came into church and my heart was he my, my heart was heavy. My heart had other things. And I remember saying to the Lord, I'm, I'm capturing that here, that I'm going to sit on this chair until I get over whatever it is that's holding me back. Until I get over whatever it is that is holding me back, I'm going to sit here. I am in church. I am fasting. But there was something that was a hold. And I said to the Lord, I will sit here. I will sit here. Until I get over myself because you have done all you could to get to me. You have done all you could to draw near me. You have given me your spirit. You have written your word in my heart. You have done what you could. You have done what was yours to do. And I'm going to sit on this chair until. I'm going to sit on this chair until I get over myself. And prayer time. Now. So the prayer was made of a boy who had seizures and hearing this troubled my heart i'm reading directly that it troubled my heart the spirit told me go to him and pray the spirit told me remember i was sitting there not in the mood <laughs> whilst in the house of the lord but the spirit of god didn't was not moved by that because what moves us is the reality of the word of god and the word of god spoke saying go to him and pray 
and I, hes I hesitated and he asked me, um, do you want me to pick someone else to go and pray for him? Because he said to me, it's the spirit of evil that intends to steal that boy's destiny. So go and pray. And the minute he said that, I left my spot immediately and went over. I placed my hand over the boy and I began to pray for him. It is what happened after that really messed me up. And the, the most important thing about this encounter for me is, is, is to be brought back to the state of the beginning of obedience. Because this is 2020, today is 2023. So this is the beginning of obedience. It began in 2020, where the Lord said, go pray for him. When I hesitated, God gave me more information. The evil spirit operating in that boy's life intends to steal his destiny. How gracious is our God that he gives us more information. So he says, he, he now reveals what the spiritual activity happening in that boy's life. And the minister of the Holy Spirit confirmed that there is something bigger about to happen upon that boy's life. His destiny is intended to be stolen. The podcast is Through Wisdom's I Ministry of the Holy Spirit with a segment of the intention of God behind experiences. But God isn't just revealing his intent. He's also exposing the intentions of the enemy so that we may assume the posture of the word, that we may assume the posture of his victory through his word, that we may enforce that, that we may walk in it, that we may enforce that upon the enemy to remind him that, listen here, you still have got no hold. So coming back to the experience, I began to pray for this boy and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the weight of the Holy Spirit. I began to pray in the spirit over this boy's life such that I was left shaking after. And what messed me up is that one of the pastors came to me. He shook my hand and he said, thank you for listening to the spirit. Then he walked. I was still drunk in the spirit with my whole body shaking and my heart beating through my chest. The thought that God may have already lined up someone else in my place, if I hadn't obeyed, scared me. It still is what scares me even today. That the minute I don't go, God will find another. If I don't go, God will find another. Isn't it going against the, the honor, the blessing, the grace upon the lineage whom I descend from to live in ignorance of the faith that produces obedience in me? Isn't it falling into the cycle of those path of faith that rebelled against God? Isn't it a shame to fall into that cycle? Because it's there. At the death of Joshua, Israel fell into idol worship because there was nobody in that generation. All those scripture highlights it in, in, at the end of Joshua, Joshua 24, that everything, everybody who had walked with God, who had experienced God, who knew God was dead. So an entire generation of those who have walked with God was phased out, but nobody was there to pass on the baton. Now the nation finds itself in a dire transition where it had to pick based on what they saw. They, they now did not walk by faith. They walked by sight. They walked by what was popular. They lived their lives as God's people based on the notion in the conformity of the society, of the, of the culture, of the customs of that time, which was idol worship. Now God comes up and raises men, raises women, we are going into the book of Judges, right? God is raising people whom he moves through to continue, in, to introduce himself first and to continue in his arm of help to the nation of Israel because they are still his people. So whether you recognize it or not, you are still a people of God. And your alignment to the reality that you are a people of God requires you to willingly Permit the ministry of the Holy Spirit to unveil your face through the ministry of the word. So in, our, in embracing that we descend from heroes of faith, 
we must awaken to the kind of faith that produced, that still produces obedience. Because we find that in Christ as well. We still find it in how Christ elected his disciples. Let us look at it. Before we move on, let us reflect. We have highlighted a pattern, right? We have highlighted a pattern of a faith that produces obedience. We have revealed and reflected and fully acknowledged that God belongs to every generation. And in him belonging to every generation, it is the responsibility of that particular generation to awaken to God's signs of leadership. He led um, the Israelites out of slavery and walked through them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He led them into possession of the promise by uh, the Ark of the Covenant, right? He is leading us. You know, he led the coming of Christ through the prophets of old and John, and he leads us to what is to come through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And that is a sign we ought to pay attention to in this generation. So we are looking at a pattern, you know, of faith that works obedience. We are looking at the pattern of faith that produces obedience us. And we see that in Father Abraham, right? Genesis 12, he walked with God in obedience. And God was, as a result, responded to Abraham's obedience with more promises, right? And we tend to look at the fruit of obedience when we don't focus on building it. And that's another thing that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is busy emphasizing to me. And I'm hoping that it becomes, um, you know, it echoes into the generation that God is, God desires that we build root, that we have root in us. He desires that we have root in us. Because in the previous sessions, he has shared that the word of God, the knowledge of God is to be the root of our belief. Our belief system must be framed by the word of God. Now he is saying that the faith that is born of the word of God produces faith. It produces obedience, sorry, in us. So we have to recognize that there is a pattern of faith that produces obedience that we ought to awaken to in this generation. And we see that in Abraham, that he not only walked, he not only walked in obedience with God, but by so doing, he attained promises because the promise of God is the response to his to obedience to his word. And I don't know if did you know that you understand by, by the renewed mind. Do you understand that understanding is a function of the renewed mind? That is why Paul says to the church and to us as believers, take the mind of Christ. It's yours. Because the mind of Christ recognizes that its aim, it is it, its motive is to obey the Father in accomplishing every word that he says. So again, faith produces obedience in us. So we, we see that in God belonging to every generation, he actually has a criteria of selection and obedience is high on that list. Jesus models it out. Christ is the son of God had to learn obedience as the book of Hebrews 5 teaches us. So we understand that in every generation, the father looks for obedience. And obedience is still this, the criteria of selection. Let's look at it this way. Now the Lord revealed to me that the, there is a pattern of father and son. We see this. I'm going to show it to you now. The pattern of father and son is to be the vehicle that accomplishes well on earth. We see it in Papa Abraham, right? He's the father of faith and he's pattern one. He is the one who revealed and reflects a caliber of faith that produces obedience. He is one who modeled out his love for God through obeying his word, right? And we see the same thing in the son, in Christ the son. So Abraham, the father of faith, possessed this faith that produces obedience. And Christ the son learned obedience for he says in John 14, 30 to 31, that I I am obedient to the Father, and the Prince of the world has no hold over me. So what does that mean? Let me suggest to you that that also reveals that foothold to the enemy is given by disobedience. Foothold is given to the enemy by rebellion. When you rebel, remember 2020, the Lord said, must I pick somebody else? 
because you're rebellion so beautiful how um when god talks to the israelites he's in exodus he says to them i'm sending an angel to go with you he says to them obey everything that he says careful careful that you obey everything that he says because i've given him authority and he will not tolerate the rebellion that hesitation is the beginning of rebellion Hesitation is the beginning of rebellion. The minute you hesitate, that is the beginning of rebellion. Because hesitation gives a foothold to say, just don't do it. Just ignore it. The power at work in the pattern father, Abraham, was obedience. Faith produced obedience in him. The power at work in Christ the Son was obedience. We recognize this in John 14. When he says, I am obedient to the Father. And he continues even from John 5 to say, the Son does what he sees the Father do. Meaning everything. I'm not only obedient to what I hear the Father say. I'm obedient to what I see him say. Because he communicates either by what I see. When he reveals himself through vision. Or through hearing, through audio. And I have experienced this as well. Where the Lord said to me, have I not spoken to you through the revelation? Of a vision. You have seen what I'm doing. Have I not revealed to you what I'm doing through audio? Yes, Father, you have. Then hold on to that. Right? Be built upon that. So we understand that God has a vehicle. Pattern of Father and Son. We see this in Father Abraham as the pattern Father. We see it in Christ as the pattern Son. And we understand that both resemble. Both carry forward. Both push to us the revelation that obedience is to be worked out by faith in us. That upon faith, obedience is meant to sprout. And obedience tends to be so subtle that we miss it. So the work of faith is obedience. That is why God says in, in the book of Ezekiel 36, I will put my spirit in you to make you obey my word. Because God is constantly looking for full and complete obedience. And we have to, in this generation, recognize that we have to be intentional about connecting our obedience to the word of God with his intention. Because the word of God reveals his intention and it reveals also how we are to partner with him in that through our obedient walk with him. So that you receive the spirit of faith that you receive enfolded in it enfolded in the spirit of faith you have received is the power to produce obedience because obedience is the culture it is the culture of the kingdom of god christ models this out so beautifully by saying the son is obedient to the father and this by this transaction by this display you are to take home the love of the son for the father so Jesus comes with a new understanding, a deeper layer of understanding this obedience that is produced by faith in us by saying it is equal to loving the Father. He says to his disciples, if you keep my word, then you love me. So we understand that in the faith that comes by hearing, in the spirit of faith which we receive when we hear and accept the word of God, comes with it the power of obedience the power that calls us to obedience and so to to be obedient oftentimes carries the form of keeping the word of god it often carries the other form of meditating on the word of god that you may be renewed by it that you may be transformed by it that it may produce further fruits from you obedience is the power the power that was at work in the old testament it's the same power that remains at work in our time because the work of the holy spirit is to make us willing and able to obey god so kingdom that's because obedience to god is the nature of god's kingdom that's why paul in the book of romans talks about obedience to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. God had been ministering to me since the beginning of the year to build on revelation and be good at following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. 
because he is meant to lead us in all truth. He's meant to guide us into the fullness of all truth. And by his leadership, we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. So we understand, therefore, that the path to the fulfillment of every promise of God is walked by obedience. It is walked in obedience. That is why intimacy is required. That is why God desires to live in us and dwell among us. It is also important for us to understand that obedience is still the criteria for selection for sons of God. Because we see obedience in play when God calls Abraham, when God chooses Abraham, when the father chooses Abraham. We see obedience as a criteria when the son chooses his disciples. That is in Luke 5, where Jesus uttered these words to Simon, who later becomes Peter, saying, Row the boat a little from the shore. Because the beginning of obedience is not a mighty word. It is a word within your capacity. Often, um, of late, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to me, when, when, when the word of God is placing a demand, a call for obedience, he always emphasizes to me that you can afford it. It's a price you can pay. It's a cost within your budget. It's something within your line of strength. It's something you can do. Because we have this narrative. We carry this perception that the obedience that God requires from us is too big and too high of a cost for us to pay. Price for us to pay is too high of a request for us to honor. But we have access to all those things through the Holy Spirit. But we are still required to follow him. Because he is the angel in this time. He is the, the representation. He is the, the, the part of Trinity that is given to us in this time, which we are to follow the guidance of. So the ministry of the Holy Spirit has been emphatic on that for me. That it is what God requests of you, what the word submits that you ought to live up to is something that is within your capacity. It's within your strength. It's within your range of strength to do. So we see it in Luke 5, where Jesus says to Simon Peter, row a little away from the shore. It's the same word as God saying, go, go to him and pray. Something that you can do. Something that is within your level. Every word of God, every word from the mouth of God contains in it what we are to obey. He does not speak to be heard. He does not speak to satisfy curiosity. But he speaks to be obeyed. And it's our obedience that agrees with him. Because we agree with him in our obedience. We say, I have heard you, and I have recognized that you have given me a part to fulfill. So we recognize in Luke 5 that the criteria is still the same. The criteria is still the same. <laughs> the criteria is still the same. It's the same as it was when God, the Father, chose Abraham, who becomes the father of faith. It is evident in the choice of Christ the Son of his disciples. So obedience remains the primary fruit of faith. We understand this, that faith produces obedience in us. That faith is a work of obedience. It is not a responsibility we are to carry. It is what the spirit of faith produces out of us. We don't have to thumbsack obedience. We don't have to master courage for it. Obedience is the work of faith. The spirit of faith enfolded in it is the power to lead us to obedience. And it's not something we must think about. It is something that we are to experience as faith leads us to. We have recognized that according to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, that God belongs to every generation. And in God belonging to every generation, he looks for obedience in every generation. We recognize 
that in every generation, God has a sign of his leadership in that generation. Every generation bears the sign of God's leadership. And every generation, in recognizing the sign of God's leadership, bears the responsibility to obey. It bears the responsibility to follow the sign. Because God says in Joshua chapter 3, that when the priests show up, when you see the priests carrying the ark, you are to follow. You must know that this is the sign that you must know. What then is the sign of our time? What then shall be the sign of our time and the leadership of God in our time? The ministry of the Holy Spirit. The leading of the Holy Spirit because that is what Christ said we are to look for. He said the Spirit will lead you in all truth. He will declare to you what is to come. He will make known to you and declare to you what is in mind. So we recognize that the sign of the leadership of God in our time is the Holy Spirit. And we also recognize that when we look through the lineage of faith in Father Abraham, we recognize the pattern of a faith that works obedience in us. Hebrews 11 gives us the genealogy of faith. It gives us a, a history, a summary of the history of all those who moved in faith before us. But what we often fail to recognize, what we constantly live in the shadow and ignorance of, is that we are not just descendants of those that have faith, but we are descendants of those whom their faith produced obedience on them. Therefore, obedience becomes a nature that sprouts out of the faith, the spirit of faith we have received. So obedience is our nature and obedience begins in the Lord saying, go to him and pray. It begins with the Lord saying, come to the altar. It begins with the Lord saying, Simon, row your boat a little away from the shore. So we understand that the beginning of obedience is always so subtle. And often in the midst of many um, hesitation, many words of discouragement, many insecurities for accuracy, and so many other things that are irrelevant. Because God is looking for obedience in every generation. He's not looking for accuracy in that. He's looking for your ability to permit the faith you have received to move you in alignment to what the word of the Lord declares. That's that's all. That's just it. So see that God the Father chose Father Abraham to model this out for us. But we often miss it by choosing to embrace one aspect of the pattern he models out. Because Abraham is a pattern. He models out faith and obedience. Christ is a pattern. Christ the Son completes the vehicle pair that the Father has set in place to carry, establish and fulfill his purposes on the earth. Because we see Christ the Son using the same pattern of selection when he chooses his disciples in Luke 5. So we must understand in this generation and rest in this revelation that God belongs to this generation because Christ has inherited a name that is above all other names, that is powerful not just in the age that is past or in the current age but in the age to come and all sons of God are to possess all sons of God are to possess obedience because the book of Hebrews 5 teaches us that Christ being the son had to learn obedience and he learned obedience and showed it to us when he says in John 14 that I am obedient to the father that the world may know that I love him so to a son, obedience is equated to love. It is equated to the revelation of the son's love of the father. Oftentimes we are careful to minister to each other and continue in the ministry of the love of the father. We know that the father loves us. But how do we love the father back? Christ modeled it out. 
Father Abraham modeled it out by obeying his word. And Moses emphasizes it in, 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 in Deuteronomy 4 to the children of Israel that you must obey him because the path to possessing what God has already prepared for you is obedience. It's walked in obedience to God's word. Because in order for you to live, Moses even says that you will live. And Jesus said a man does not live on bread alone. He lives off of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So how do we have life by the word of God? By obeying it. That's how we have life. And fortunately for us in the time we have been given extra help in the form of the Holy Spirit. That works the ability and will in us to obey God. But we have been given help that we don't find ourselves in the same cycle that our forefathers found themselves in. And that's the cycle of rebellion. Because in, in, in the first incident, in the first reflection of God teaching me obedience, he asked me, must I pick someone else when I hesitated? So we understand that the beginning steps of obedience are filled with hesitation. But God in his grace uses our hesitation as an opportunity to give us more information so that we walk in obedience, aware and in full view of what is at stake. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, in view of God's mercy, offer your life. Because oftentimes we do not offer the sacrifice because we don't have the full view of what is at stake. We don't have the full view. And maybe we lack that as inspiration, as motivation. Well, as inspiration to, to let go, to step in. So that's all that I had in store for you today as part of episode one of the segment, The Present Dealings and Declarations of the Lord. That obedience is a work of faith, not your responsibility but the responsibility of the spirit of faith. Because remember, we are born into a kingdom that is spirit. God is spirit. Christ is spirit. Holy Spirit lives in us. And he witnesses in our spirit to the salvation of our soul, to the complete salvation of our soul. So we must recognize that we cannot attach obedience to God. We cannot attach even the fulfillment of the word of God and the encounter of God himself to physical appearance, to physical manifestations. It's good when they are there. But we have to transcend the dimension of expecting everything to fill us with goosebumps. We must come to the level of maturity in understanding the truths of the word of God and walk in the guidance of it. Until next time, God bless you.
the prayer request that I've noted here is the lady who brought her son into the devotion and asked the request was prayerful for her son because her son had developed seizures and 